0: Hello and welcome again to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI Cycling Show. I'm getting really fast at saying that. My name's Dan, and of course with us we have Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing?
1: I'm all good. It's 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 beautiful June weather in England and there's loads of cycling, so you know, nothing could be better.
0: That's crazy. Beautiful June <laughs> weather. It only rained for like seventeen hours today.
1: You know what, today they, back, they, they actually finished the hosepipe ban, and there's been hosepipe bans all over England, which is surprising since it's rained every day for about two months. But, you know, we're crap. Brilliant.
0: Well, that's probably just because, um, you know, governments take delight in banning things, don't they? Isn't that the rule?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think especially ours. It's all good.
0: Well, <laughs> large-scale dr- draconian organisations, I should say. I mean, the UCI also banned things, supplements. Um- socks. Saddles. Socks of a certain height, definitely. Um,
1: As long as they ban white shorts, I'm completely... That's the time when I'll start start saying they're the best organisation ever.
0: I'd even be willing to forgive the white shorts if somebody, anybody, had just banned the Futon Serveto kit from a couple of years (laughs) ago.
1: I no but you see people say that but after a while it was completely adorable and you could always tell where they were in the peloton because it looked like a yeti had stamped on them it was excellent
0: see I, I have to disagree it's not at all adorable never was but the one thing the one redeeming quality that that kid had utterly memorable here we are yeah. years later still talking about it talk about value for money for the sponsors
1: yes and the fact it also had that modesty panel you know the modesty the modesty modesty nappy because sometimes you're looking at pictures of the boys on the um on the podium and your eyes are drawn (laughs) against your will (laughs) to how happy they are to be on the podium and it's just like no no one needs to see that when they're just casually flipping through websites at work
0: (laughs) i'll take your word for it i can honestly say that's never happened to me You're not
1: trying hard enough, Dan.
0: (laughs) Or I'm lying. One of those. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, moving on, (laughs) before I get myself into real trouble. um, So, we've been racing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have been racing. We've been racing in the Basque Country. It's very exciting. We had the Amakameen Bira, which is this Basque race. It's like the first, I always think of it as the first real stage race of the year. Cause we just come in, come into this season, this section where it's just stage race after stage race. Um, you know, every race is a bit buggered this year. That's just how the way it is. And this race used to have it used to have an uphill time trial. It was brilliant. And, like, they'd have an uphill time trial in the morning, a mountain stage in the afternoon. But, you know, you can't have everything. We're just in a, in a minor year. So, four stages, yeah? We're in the Basque Country. Mm. Um, Ina Yoko Tutenberg has just flown back from Philadelphia, like, with a few days' notice, okay? The first day the first stage they're riding it's flat it's a bit sketchy it's a bit technical and then it starts to rain the roads go crazy it's like an ice rink um, and I, Ina Jokotunberg is tweeting after it describing it as a clusterfuck
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I nearly shit my pants a couple of times
0: oh, I remember <laughs> seeing that That was awesome
1: you know, when when to, when Tutenberg is saying things like that, you know it's bad. Um anyway, of course she won. Um despite all of that I mean huge crashes. Um Tiffany Cromwell from Green Edge went down. It was a nightmare, everyone went down. But yeah, Tootenberg won, followed by Old and Warwick. So, you know, stage one, done. Stage two's hilly and it's climby and there are all these small cli- these climbs at the first climbs at like seven kilometres, which is always I think good for a laugh. Sprint point, attacking. <laughs> Well, you know, you don't want to, you see, this is why women's cycling is better than men's cycling. None of these like long, boring, drags out stages where, you know, you ride for 200 kilometers and then you have a sprint finish. None of that here.
0: So... You know,
1: <laughs> So when they're not when they're not going over hills they're hitting these sprint points so the peloton fractured attack groups madness madness and then at um, 90 kilometers Pooley attacks at this hill the milloy and she attacks with her teammate Lucinda Brand and um, green agent amanda Sprat and then she drops them on the descent and I mean this is Emma Pooley. one of the things she's famous for apart from attacking like a lunatic and being superb is she's famous for not being the world's greatest descender but she drops <laughs> it's so exciting and there's a group of 11 of them chasing and they're, you know, you're watching it on Twitter and you know, Pooley's there and they're catching and Pooley's getting close to the end but they're getting closer to Pooley but she wins, very exciting and she wins by about 20 seconds and behind her Van Blooten comes second and Warwick comes third and it's you know very, very exciting
0: <laughs> Yes, yes it is from start to finish No, really Step-
1: No, 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 it really was. Um, Stage three, 13.4 kilometres. It's a time trial. It's not uphill, but it has a lot of small climbs in it. And it's all (laughs) up Very rough roads. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like, no, honestly.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, I've totally lost my shit because... (laughs) (laughs) your qualifier is you know it's not that great a time trial because it's not uphill
1: (laughs) seriously man you should have seen the amakameen beer it's like it used to have one of those you know when you can write a profile on your computer keyboard by writing the slap by just by using the slash keys (laughs) yes it used to have those kind of race profiles, you know. So you'd get up in the morning, you'd ride up a Basque mountain, and then when you got to the top, you had to start another race. It was brilliant. Oh
0: my god!
1: <laughs> anyway, so it's you know it's only a little bit it's, it's only a little bit uppy downy rough road. Linda Vilanson from Green Edge um, won. Hooray, Linda! Um, in second place, Judith Arndt, also from Green Edge, um, and then um, Ellen Van Dyke in third. Emma Poonie in fourth. So we're going to the fourth stage. Pooley's in the lead, yeah? Yep. And behind yep. her there's um uh Anna-Mique van Vleuten, Judith Arnt, Emma Johansson, all very close to her. Mm-hmm. So we're starting, it's raining, it's shitting down with rain, it's hilly, it's a nightmare, it's crappy roads. Um Amanda Spratt from Green Age is out in the attacks, everyone catches her, and then suddenly somehow, we still don't quite know how, Pooley loses time on the descent. And she's gone from the GC. And there's a group of seven. And it's like Emma Johansson, Anna van vlewsen Trixie Warwick, uh, Sharon Laws, Uda um, Elena. I can't say her name fast, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> Elena Amia Ljusik. Yeah? And they're riding, they're racing, it's exciting. And then they get to the end. And then within the last three kilometres, you'd aunt crashes possibly twice. Yeah? So... The stage is won by Annemiek van Vleuten with Emma Johansson and Trixie Warwick behind her. Yep. But then Twitter goes bonkers. So with most of these races, we only really know what happens by Twitter. <laughs> and for about an hour after the race, all you get is like different people calling the winner for different things. <laughs> oh, Annamiek van Vleuten's won. No, no, no. Emma Johansson's won. No, no, no. You'd Ant's won. And then all the people who are on the ground start... No, no, I'm, I was wrong. It was someone else, but <laughs> other people are contradicting each other. <laughs> so, yeah, at one point I thought they've all won. But anyway, it turns out you aunt, Arndt, Edge's are Aunt won. And she won because although she crashed, she crashed within the last three kilometres. Okay. So she got the same time as the group she was in, mm. as she won the race. And it's, it was really, really confusing. But, you know, fun times and it reminds me that what I need to do is thank the, um, all the people who are on the ground in these races because we don't generally get to see the TV until like three days later on YouTube, mm. and it's people like there's Richie Steeg who's the mechanic from Dolmans who live tweets all the way through the race. And there's CJ Parkerson from uh, Women'sCycling.net. Everyone should follow Women'sCycling.net, And CJ is is live at the races and she tweets too. So, you know, we just get these brilliant people who really make it easy to follow the races. And then you get Carl Lima from Hitech who's not at the races, but he's getting, I don't know, he's getting texts or something through and he's, he's texting too. And so, you know, it may actually makes the races sound really exciting and really good fun. So huge thanks to them it's kind Um, of
0: it's one of those interesting things you know that we're in some kind of a technological um black spot as far as women's racing goes i feel like we're right on the edge of achieving the era where we can all huddle around the radio and listen to the races
1: (laughs) yes like like in the olden days when war of the worlds comes on and you and everyone's surprised because they think it's real exactly Exactly.
0: What do you mean women ride bikes fast? I must I must hear more.
1: It's it, it is like that and, and and some people, you know, I've said this before about the Olympics, but people don't understand why people get so excited about the Olympics and it's because it's it's the, it's on TV and it's in the same stage and everyone kind of understands it for like I don't know two weeks of a year two weeks of the year people are suddenly you know pricking up their ears and paying attention but you know the, the watching the watching races unfold on Twitter is is been really good fun and you know you just, there are these people who are they don't have to do it they're not paid to do it they just do it because they love it and yeah and my heart's with them thank you thank oh. you CJ and Richie <laughs> yes
0: thanks guys and Carl and everyone else um <laughs> Who's ever exactly. been at a race and tweeted information about it, <laughs> uh, including, actually, a huge number of riders. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and I've got, I've, I want to say more about this later, actually, but, you know, we're really lucky with the riders because they're really, in general, the women's riders, they're articulate, they're intelligent, and they really make the effort for yeah. us to help us do it. And it's a you, you feel like you're in a real kind of, you know, symbiotic relationship with them in that, as a fan they're giving you all the information that you want and you're giving them a bit of encouragement That you know but if you're in team sky you wouldn't need that at all do you know what i mean you'd just be on your beautiful megabus well <laughs> massaged uh, by a, a soigneur each <laughs> so,
0: so what are you saying that team sky is fueled by the world's hate towards the murdoch family <laughs> is that what you're saying sarah that seems like an extreme comment
1: No, no, I'm just saying I don't think it's as important. I think in a way that like, like the men, it must be nice and ego boosting for the men. But it's not, they don't have the same relationship with social media, or with fans that the women have. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a lovely, it's a lovely thing. And, you know, you you read, you know, when you have got someone like Ina talking about, you know, it's a clusterfuck, I was shitting myself. It just feels so much more human in a way than you know. Than, 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 than it just feels like a really human type of racing, and I just really like that. It's like you know, you can you almost imagine they're people you know, even though they're only people you know on the internet.
0: Oh no, you've just destroyed my crazy idea for the week.
1: <gasps> what was your crazy idea?
0: My crazy idea was going to be to make every men's team hire a women's PR person.
1: <laughs> but oh, I'm was- like.
0: I've just realized we can't do that because that's exactly what will crush the authenticity and humanity of Twitter <laughs> for the women.
1: Hey, you know that... Um, but, you know, looking at how, I don't know, picking an example at random, <laughs> Radio Shack, for example, how well their media's been going. <laughs> maybe maybe we could pay them not to get involved in women's cycling. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. They're, they're serving their sponsor quite well. The name's popping up everywhere. <laughs> I just don't yeah. know that Radio Shack actually wanted to be uh, well sorry Radio Shack Nissan and Trek because there's three of them wanted to be associated with nuclear meltdowns but uh,
1: yeah. I don't know I mean I, I don't I don't I mean I know that I, mean, I think I think we're also quite lucky in that you don't tend to get that kind of shit played out I mean it happens I really want to know what happened um, behind Deodora Pastazara last year because it appeared that the two DSs just stopped talking to each other and the teams just, you know, wouldn't talk. But we never get to see it, you know, and that's, um, you know, so maybe it's a good thing.
0: Well, (laughs) interestingly, that that in my opinion means that uh, the women are actually self-censoring and more professional for it.
1: What, women more professional than men? Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know. Never. That's well, a really crazy idea. It,
0: it depends, I guess, on how you want to define professional. I mean, if, yeah. if we're basing it on being paid for a hard day's work, um, we, my, my, my thing may fall down a little. My, my statement may fall. But if we're basing it on actual behavior and conduct in a professional manner whereby yep. you're allowing access helping the sport to develop stronger relationships with the fan base and uh encouraging people to become involved and supportive whilst mm-hmm. keeping uh internal dramas internal <laughs> then it's possible i i think that uh you could call women cyclists professional yes
1: well, I, this this brings me on to my crazy idea for the week because I've been thinking about this and, you know, I, I was thinking about that conversation you were having on Pod- Podium Cafe and, you know, sometimes people talk as if, well, why should the men's sport or the UCI support women's cycling? And it, it's, you know... And actually, I think we should look at it from the other way around. It's, it's not just that men's cycling has a lot to bring to women's cycling, but women's cycling's got a fuck of a lot to bring to men's. <laughs> I mean... You know, on my Twitter this, e- this evening, for example, all it's about is um, the Lance Armstrong doping cases. You just don't get that in women's cycling because there's not enough money to have systemic doping.
0: <laughs> yes, but Sarah, Sarah, you're not making the argument for adding money to the sport if that's the comparison you're making.
1: I don't think it's about money. I think it's just about recognising where women's cycling makes men's cycling better. Mm. You know, I think... Countries like the USA or Germany, yeah, and um, both USA and Germany, they don't have the same level. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, American and German fans, but on the men's side, they just don't have the same level of ta- of, of of racing that they have. And also, their sports media is is more cynical about about the, about cycling because of all the dramas there've been on the men's side. But on the women's side, I mean, you know, you've got people like Evelyn Stevens, and Evie Stevens is. It's not just that she's a clean rider, which is fantastic. It's not just that she's a very, very intelligent rider with a brilliant story, which is also fantastic, and that she's winning races and winning races against the best in the world. But, you know, Evie is someone who, she was someone who was working in a high-powered industry and she wanted to become a cyclist and she gave up work and became a pro cyclist, you know? That's incredible. That's much more, you can be inspired by that a Whoa. lot more
0: Exactly. And and I was going to say, that's actually where it all starts for me. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the first time we spoke, um, I really became much more interested and aware of what uh, the life may be like, I guess, for women when my nieces were born. And um, yeah. one of the things I utterly love about women's cycling is that here are a group of women that I can point my nieces to and say... Respect them, admire them, look at what they've done, and don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't fucking do something.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and they generally, I mean, there are like you look at British Cycling or Cycling Australia, and you've certainly got riders who were picked up at fourteen, like Lizzie Armistead. You know, she did British Cycling came to her school, and if she did the test, this is
0: sounding very iffy.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. British Cycling they come to her school and they say if you do the cycling test, you can get out of maths. (laughs) <laughs> and lizzie at 14 or so gets that you know does the test beats all the boys and realizes she's excellent at cycling and that's lovely that's a brilliant story but it's not someone who's in their 20s for example can necessarily relate to you know but someone like ebby stevens or Anna-Mieke van vleuten or you know any number of the women who hadn't realized they were good at cycling and yet still managed to make it into the top level of the sport that's that's an, that's something that you know isn't that what everyone dreams of when we're riding our bikes? You know, that someone will see you. There you are in some hill in Sydney. Someone drives past and goes, oh, my God, I've never seen such climbing. And suddenly you're, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have only been better if you were being mean on purpose.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm <laughs> Hey, I didn't say someone saw you, like, I don't know, fallen by the side of the road and was stuck in your bike.
0: <laughs> I would actually prefer that. <laughs> My primary goal when riding is to not be seen by anyone.
1: <laughs> at all. Is that what you go? And that's why you go so fast.
0: It's it's why I go only at night and all black with no lights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this why you have so many accidents? <laughs> Look,
0: I think it's unfair to call them accidents when other people keep hitting me. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's fabulous! <laughs> but you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, quite apart from that, women's—I mean, women's racing is really—it's exciting, it's attacking. You know, like people who complain. You know, when we say we want to see the women's races shown on TV, yeah, mm. yep. and you think about the flesh, flesh will on. Like, there's people standing by the side of the moor waiting, you know, waiting to see the men go over it three times, yeah? And in between, the women go over it twice. I mean, what's not to love? No, you'd have to be a real heartless fucker to kind of go, oh, I don't want to see the women go over there. (laughs) And then there's also the heterosexual men thing. I can't understand why heterosexual men get so irate at the idea of seeing more women cycling. Because, you know, surely attractive women in Lycra is a good thing.
0: Well, yes, speaking is now a deeply conflicted heterosexual man because there's no way to address that particular issue without sounding incredibly hypocritical. <laughs> yes, attractive women in lycra is a wonderful thing. Um, but at but no, the same time, on an intellectual level, I don't know that I, I want to be encouraging the sexualization of the sport as <laughs> the, the path to success.
1: No, 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 I no, no absolutely, and I'd be the last person to I'd be the last person to advocate that. But you know, it is an added I think it's Miranda who who is saying, you know, I don't quite understand why men <laughs> you know, I like well, look, she's saying something like I like watching men in Lycra. Surely men would like watching women in Lycra <laughs> It's an added it's an added bonus. But yeah, they're really intelligent. They're intelligent, they're bright, they're they're witty, they're really fucking funny writers, you yeah. know. They tell their stories really well. And they kind of can provide a level of cycling that maybe we can relate to a bit more you know like I think a lot of people have gone on races and stayed overnight and in shitty places and you know and 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 got up and it's pouring with rain you know and they're not in a team sky bus with you know with mood lighting and (laughs) therapy oils and stuff it's it's more it's closer to what we do I think
0: and I I think you're actually very much uh right on that front it's One of the things I've found really interesting over the last few months is um, when you sort of like on Podium Cafe or whatever, there was a thread a little while ago where people were talking about the first race that they'd ever been in or uh, things like that and sharing all these quite hilarious and wonderful stories of, you know, um, everything that they'd gone through to to get into the thing and then lose it miserably Um, (laughs) because nobody won their first race. It was really weird. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> don't know why. Anyway, um, but then, you know, as you say, you start reading some of the, the blogs and articles that you get from, from different women, and that's one of the other things I love about the women's side of things is that um, you do get so many individual perspectives and inside bits on, on every um, race. You know, it's it's very, very cool. But those stories are eerily similar to, um, you know, what, what you hear from... Uh, I'm doing air quotes now and hating myself for it. Normal people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it's partly tragic because, you know, on one level, fuck it, women deserve a sky bus with mood lighting and stuff. Um, I, I just hope that if they got the kind of money that would afford them that bus, they would do something cooler with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like help support younger people develop through their riding and stuff.
0: Well, I I meant fly meter races, but okay, sure.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of races, mm. we got race, we got two races this week. But I don't know, it's like you wait for ages. There's going to be this gap where you're going. So Sarah, what's going on in women's cycling this week? And I'll be going nothing. We're waiting for the we're waiting for the Giro d'on or nothing. It's August. And you'll be just going, oh, right, brilliant, what can we talk about? No, but no, least...
0: that's going to be fine. I've got heaps of stuff for us to talk about <laughs> at that point.
1: So, I mean, do you want me to tell you what's happening this week in the racing?
0: Yes, please.
1: So, there's there's two races. So, like I said, there's um, there's going to be months and months where there's hardly any racing, but this weekend we've got two races, and they're brilliant races. So, tomorrow starts the Rabbo stair, and um, I was hoping I could have persuaded Ted to say the name of the race so i'm not going to try and say it but it's called rabbo for short and it happens in zealand and zealand's one of those weird places on the um, north sea in uh, in the netherlands yeah it's like the furthest south um it's the furthest southeast part of the country completely flat all these islands these little islands with so you know surrounded by big dikes to keep the sea out and it's oh it looks spectacular if i could go to three races Rabostair would probably be my second so it's got, like, and it's three three stages. Uh, Middleburg, the first stage is a 5km time trial. But it's um, not uphill. No. <laughs> you know what? They, they have a stage profile in, in on their website, <laughs> and it looks quite hilly until you realize that the highest point is five meters above sea level.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. So someone's someone cheekily snuck in a couple of the slashes when they should have just used the underscore key the whole way. <laughs>
1: You know what it's like. I think. I think they just. You know when you sometimes get a graph, they got the, they got the race profile, yep. and you look you look down the axis at the side. You, it looks really impressive, and then you look down the axis at the side and realize
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it's going from one to five meters rather than you know one to a thousand meters. Anyway, Rabo there it's lovely. The second stage is Middlebird to Lissingen, which is 105 kilometers, and oh my, this whole race. It's you know that there's wind. There's flats there's chaos it's really really hectic and then the third stage is um goes from west capella to west capella it's 130 kilometers and that goes over these amazing bridges between these islands and it's just wind from the side pushing rain pushing sand, pushing everything it's just chaos and the riding is really crazy. They have intermediate sprint points, and in general, these races are all about attacking. Um, so that's fun. That's um, Thursday to Saturday.
0: Awesome.
1: Uh, it's mostly the Dutch teams. The teams to watch out for there are Skill Argos with um, Amy Peters and Adri Visser. Um, Rabobank, they're led by um, Iris Slappendel. There's no Mariana Voss and no um, Van Vlissen, but Iris Slappendel should be amazing at this. And then the team that I think might win is our Drink Leontine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder got,
0: why you've been thinking they might win.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, considering it's completely flat, but they're taking Kirsten Field, Shelley Olds and Lizzie Armstead. <laughs> <laughs> These are like three of the best sprinters in the world, all on the same team. If anything, their problem might be who they're riding for. I can completely see them ending up racing against each other. It's going to be crazy. Um, we've also got two Australian teams. Australia do this really clever thing where they send the Australian national team and then they also send the JCo AIS team. <laughs> so, and the JCo AIS team is pretty much the sprint, the track sprinters team. Yeah, going. So that's Melissa Hoskins, Josie Tomac, Nettie Edmondson, Amy Cure. Um, I don't know why. I think they just go for fun. Those cheeky the buggers. Yeah, basically. So they've got. So we got like two Australian na- national teams at the same time, and and they're always good for a laugh. So basically, watch out for the teams that begin with A australia (laughs) argos and uh, our drink they'll be brilliant and then the other weekend the other race this weekend is the giro del trentino now traditionally again this has been a three-stage race and again traditionally it used to be one where they'd start at the bottom of an alp ride up an alp until they got to the top ride down the bottom and then ride up another one yeah it used to be really really hilly but it's had problems and this year it's down from three days to two days so what they've done is they've put three stages over two days <laughs> um you know stage one is 99 kilometers and it's flat it's up and down this river um i, I if i was Savetta, i'd be able to say it properly the river aldige aldige i have no idea um and that's got like a 400 meter climb in it but it's pretty much flat um then Sunday, they start off with a 62-kilometre flat um, race, and then in the afternoon, they have a 5km time trial.
0: Sounds wonderful. And
1: let, well, and when you look down the start list, it's, it's kind of a bit of a shame, actually, because they, they, they announced quite late that it was going to be down from three stages, yeah? Sorry, they, they announced quite late that it was going to be down from three days. And I think the teams must have thought it would be as hilly as it traditionally is, because the start list, um, so Green Edge has got Judith Arndt, Amanda Spratt, um, Linda Vill- Will- Willemson, um M. Cipollini's got Tatiana Goderzo, uh, RR Drink sending Emma Pooley. You know what I mean? These mm. are all kind of the, the kind of riders who you'd kind of want to send up hills. Yes. But it should still be fun. It's still a fun race. Um Udit Aunt won it last year, Emma Pooley won it the year before, Nicole Cook won it in 2009. But this year, I guess it's going to be a flat rider. Or maybe Udit Aunt because she's such a great rider. So that's where we are. Oh, and specialised. <laughs> specialised is sending Evie Stevens and Trixie Warwick and and um, Charlotta Becker and Chloe <laughs> Hosting. It's just it's just bonkers. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe they're going to have a bit of a reshuffle. I mean, it, it used to be a great weekend because you'd have one race for the mountaineers, mountain goats, and another race for the flat riders, but, you know, this year. Um, the other interesting is that Martina Brass, um, she's been out injured for months. Uh, she had a horrible crash in training in March. And she's only just come back, and it was so good to see her in the top five again in the in the Beerus stage, but apparently she's riding both races <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome
1: cool. yeah, really yeah. clever
0: yeah, no, I don't see any reason not to do that that's uh that's great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's that's next week's racing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun times. I'll have a lot to tell you about next week.
0: Excellent. Well, hopefully Twitter will have sorted itself out by then and we'll know who's actually won each of the races. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, I've also actually come up with a a bonus crazy idea for you because I feel bad that you know we'd negated my first one um, before we'd even started. So um, I'm just going to throw this one out there. It is very much a a half-baked crazy idea.
1: Always good.
0: I'm thinking, um, let's go for a meta-sponsor, you know, not just, uh, you know, help teams get sponsors, but a meta-sponsor. What I'm thinking is, we've come up this completely the wrong way around. We need to go to Hollywood, to one of the major studios and say, <laughs> you just need to sponsor the entire sport. No, I, I think, I've got an idea. I think if we go to Marvel Studios, because they're so invested in all their superhero movies, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a great tie-in. You know, the marketing budget for one... Marvel superhero movie is probably more than enough to fund every women's team for a year so we we just change all the teams you know so we've got the Captain America's and the Thor's and the Iron Man's and the you know and all the uniforms are pretty straightforward because they're just you know like versions of the superheroes and
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah what do you I think?
1: think? I think the Beyonds are something. I mean, I, I guess we'd have to have some fights. I mean, you know, we could take a leap out of the men's racing and have fights with wheels and things like that. That would work, wouldn't it?
0: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, there's all sorts of things where, like, you know, for Captain America, example, a wheel could come off and turn into Captain America's shield and <laughs> crazy things like that.
1: I, I, think, I think you're onto to it. So I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's they are they are all superstars, of course. So you Exactly. Know. And,
0: and it ties into, you know, there's great merchandising flow-on effects and, uh, you know, yeah. we could get them a comic book series out of this maybe. Maybe even their own movie. That would be pretty amazing. Ameri- I mean, tr- American Flies 2, in which they actually fly. Um, something like that. <laughs> I said it was yeah. half-baked.
1: <laughs> no, I think I, th- I think it's perfect. I think I think these are going to be the heroes of the modern age. So, yeah, all good. I think I think we could be onto to it. So, um I think you, if you send who do we know? Because um you know like the women's peloton has someone for every occasion, yeah? So sure. Charlotte Charlotte Becker is a police officer. Um So yeah, we just Kirst- get
0: her to arrest um the head of Marvel Studios and
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And K- Kirsty Boone and Lisa Jacobs are criminal lawyers. And half of, you know, I think it's Monia Bacaila and Tat- Tatiana Goderzo work for the prison service in Italy. Okay. So, you yeah, we've got Bridie O'Donnell, who's a doctor. Um, obviously, Evie Stevens, she used to work for Lehman-, Lehman Brothers, so, you know, she can deal with money. So a- I interesting
0: guess- that they um, collapsed after she left, though. That was kind of weird.
1: <laughs> I think it's probably cause and effect, don't you think? Uh, but, uh, yes. So, so all we need to do is, is just run through the women's peloton and find out. Who's a script writer? Because, you know, there's <laughs> one of them somewhere.
0: Excellent. <laughs> well, I think I think we should get on to that then.
1: Okay. Well, I don't think anything else could top that, so I guess we just have to say goodbye for the week. and.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay. Goodbye for the <laughs> week.
1: <laughs> have a whole week to think about up some more crazy ideas for women's cycling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy the races, and I'll talk to you again soon.
1: All right. See you soon.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.